right, welcome to Comic Chat number 15. Man, 15 weeks of this. Uh, I am your host, Glenda McGee. I'm a nine-year comedian in the Phoenix, Arizona area. I'm originally from Compton, California. Um, you can find this podcast on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker. You can find this episode and all the other episodes on this fine streaming platform, Anchor. So, um, today's date is Sunday, uh, January 31st. The first month of 2021 is almost officially in the books. It's crazy that <clears throat> a month can go by so fast, but um, before I get started tonight, I just want to take a moment of silence for not only just a woman, but an all-around legend in the entertainment game. Uh, she's a queen. Miss uh, Cecily Tyson uh, died this uh, last week. Uh, she was, I think, 96. Um, yeah, she was just a, a legend. So I just want to have a moment of silence right now for Miss Tyson. Yeah, Cecily Tyson, man. I really, you know, like, I'm not going to act like I was, like, a huge fan of hers because I didn't really um, watch a lot of uh, programming that was, um, that had, like, strong female presence because, you know, it was just, it always seemed bitter towards men and watching that always made me feel, like, Attacked because I was not like the type of dudes that'll be in the films, but a lot of her work was done before I was even born, so I can't even uh, say that that's a proper judgment that I am making. But she is still a legend nonetheless. Uh, (laughs) I always remember her as the lady in a diary of a black mad black woman. She was saying, starting now, a bunch of times (laughs) at the end. It was, you know, one of those moments where uh, Tyler Perry was trying to um, emphasize our roots as Africans and in Christianity and all that. But, um, yeah, she was just an all-around legend. So I went and I did some uh, phone research because I don't really have... Well, I do, but, you know, I'm kind of lazy. And this was kind of sudden. So I just tried to dress up what Google had. And here's what I put and wrote down for um, Ms. Tyson. Because she was just awesome. Just uh, based off what I read read on Google. Cecily Tyson was born December 19th, 1924. 
in Harlem, New York, to William and Frederica Tyson, two Caribbean immigrants from the island of Nevis in the West Indies. As a child, Cicely spent most of her time in the church, singing in the choir at an Episcopal church in East Harlem. Early on, Tyson's mother was opposed to her acting so much so that she refused to talk to her until she saw her take the stage. And that's, I know that's like vague and I wish it had more information on like the specific performance and shit, but that's how Google do you when you're black. They kind of just limit whatever. I'm, I'm pretty sure they, they got all of her accomplishments, but <clears throat> they, they left some stuff out. But she still was like a badass, uh, nonetheless. Um, Cecily Tyson was discovered by a photographer for Ebony Magazine and became a successful fashion model, which led to her first role on NBC's Frontiers of Faith in 1951. Tyson landed her first movie role in 1956 in a film entitled Carib Gold. In 1958, Tyson made her first stage appearance in Vinette Carroll's projection of Dark Side of the Moon at the Harlem YMCA. In 1959, she had a small role in two more films, Odds Against Tomorrow and The Last Angry Man. And in the early 60s, Tyson returned to the stage as Virtue Secret Rose Diop in French playwrights Jean Jeanette's The Blacks, alongside such legendary names as Maya Angelou, James Earl Jones, and Lou Gossett Jr. The Blacks was the longest running off-Broadway non-musical of the decade, putting on 1,408 shows. She also won a Vernon Rice Award or the Drama Desk Award, as it is known today, for another off-Broadway production called Moon on a Rainbow, on a Rainbow Shawl. Tyson was back on the silver screen playing the secretary of George C. Scott in CBS's East Side, West Side, making her the only black regular on a television cast. The show was noted for its take on social consciousness. One of the episodes on a black couple in Harlem was blacked out in Atlanta and Shreveport, Louisiana. (laughs) Of course, the the South. (laughs) They was like in the sixties, yeah. They they weren't have any of any of that. I mean, I I don't even know why they would be so harsh. They I guess they just didn't want blacks on the TV. It's crazy. Uh, <laughs> during the mid sixties, Tyson was starting to cement her place in entertainment, landing a recurring role on Guiding Lights. She appeared with Sammy Davis Jr. in the film A Man Called Adam in 1966 and starred in the film version of Graham Greene's novel The Comedians in 1967 I uh, just downloaded that book so I'm gonna read that 
because I, I found out she was in it, the that place. So I just wanted to see what the book was about. She also featured in The Heart is a Lonely Hunter in 1968. Along came the soulful 70s. Tyson really began to blossom. <laughs> In 1972, she was nominated for both an Academy Award and a Golden Globe for Best Actress as Rebecca Morgan in the American classic film Sounder, in which she did take home both an NSFC and an NBR Best Actress Award. That's the uh, National Society of Film Critics and the National Board Review. Uh, So if it was a if it was a board, or like a society of film critics, and she won Best Actress, you know that performance was off the chain because film critics are just a bunch of tightwads <laughs> who really don't know about regular people because they live in like so-called high society. So if she was able to be a black person in those days and impress some snobby white people, you know that performance was like legendary. So <laughs> yeah, that. That was cool. When I read that, I was like, man, she must have really, like, played her ass off. That is, uh, that is fucking cool. Um, in 1974, Tyson was again nominated for both an Academy Award and a Golden Globe for her portrayal of Miss Jane Pittman in the TV film The Autobiography of Miss Jane Pittman. (laughs) A, pop, a popular written uh, novel written by Ernest Gaines. Her performance did add two Emmy Awards and a Best Actress in a Leading Role Award f- from the British Academy of Film. Tyson continued to act in film and TV well into the 21st century, appearing in the award-winning film The Help as Constantine Jefferson in 2011, she also had a recurring role in the legal drama How to Get Away with Murder as Ophelia Harkness since the show began in, in 2014, for which she was nominated for the Primetime Emmy Award for Outstanding Guest Actress in a Drama Series five times. <laughs> in addition to her screen career, Tyson also appeared in various theater productions such, that, such as a Moon on a Rainbow Shawl, and a starring role as Carrie Watts in the Broadway play. Let me see. The Trip to the Bountiful, in which she won a Tony Award. That means she probably was singing her ass off because you got to, you know, Bette Midler winning Tony Awards and shit. <laughs> so, you know, she had to sing like a white lady and then and, and she got a whole bunch of, she got an award for it. And the Outer Critics Award and another Drama Desk Award for Best Actress in a Play in 2013. In 2015, Tyson was nominated, was named a Kenny Center honoree. November of 2016, she received the Presidential Medal of Freedom, which is the highest civilian honor in the United States. Tyson was also inducted into the Television Hall of Fame last year, 2020. Um, a truly remarkable woman. Um, 
thank you for all that you did for women and especially women of color. Uh, if you're not familiar with her, and I, I'm not, so I'm going to get more familiar with her because I feel like I've done her a grave injustice because I really don't know anything about her. And that cheesy report was all I could do <laughs> to honor Miss Tyson, but uh, I do respect all her hard work and everything that she had to endure, even though I was not even a twinkle in my mama or daddy's eye when she was doing half the things she was doing. But it was amazing for her to uh, have that type of career starting in like 1948. So, you know, she had to deal with racism and sexism like at the same time and not only sexism from white people but you know from black people too and you know she was able to endure that and like become a, a, a role model she was uh, she's Tyler Perry's grandmother and uh, she was married to um, Miles Davis at a time um, I know she used to always um I think she was um, Whitney Houston's godmother because they always used to be around each other. Every time Whitney Houston would be uh, taking home all those Grammys, you see Cecily Tyson there, you know, hugging her and, you know, maybe laughing together because Whitney was just super badass too. And I used to see them together. That's really how I know of Cecily Tyson, just being around. Uh, Whitney Houston all the time <laughs> and how much Whitney Houston was a beast but it was you will be missed and there will never be another uh, entertainer quite like you Miss Tyson I know I spent like the first 15 minutes of this podcast on, on this lady but I just um, had to give her proper respect just like I did uh, Hank Aaron. I know I didn't spend half as much as time on Hank Aaron as I should have. But these people uh, set the, the, the ground floor for uh, our society today as black people. So uh, them passing away is, is huge. But um, it also is inspirational especially to me because I desire to be uh, another influential black person, not just black person, but person, period. But I know that being a black person, I have a special responsibility to uh, black people as well as disabled people because I'm a disabled person. So whatever I do on stage, if there are disabled people watching it, I'm a representation of them. So, I just want to be as half as commendable as this lady is, or this lady was, and this lady has been for such a long time. All right, guys, let's see. Um, I want to start off by uh, talking about forgiveness. Forgiveness is... Freedom. Because forgiveness 
is a release of all energy and all blockages concerning any wrong you perceive to have been done to you. First of the reason you should forgive people is because nobody has done anything to you. You allow things to be done to you. Because before anyone so-called does something to you, you see signs of them being capable of doing this said action. Yet you chose to people please, which is people using, like I said last week, and let these actions persist, which led to them doing the, the wrong that you eventually held a grudge against them for. But that's not the point. The point is forgiveness is freedom. Because you don't have to think about that thing that you're angry about anymore once you forgive that person. Even if they don't even accept your forgiveness, it's still on them. Because you cleared it. The energy is cleared on your end. They still have to deal with the energy on their end because they refused your forgiveness. And that's not your problem. Your job was to just offer the forgiveness. And sometimes you don't even have to offer it. Sometimes you can just forgive by putting whatever thing it is out of your mind. Because life is short and nothing should really cloud our thoughts or dominate our thoughts for that long. Because we don't even know how long we have. And to uh, hold grudges is only refusing to love and also blocking love being uh, flowing to you. So that's why I believe that forgiveness is freedom. And a lot of people just don't want to forgive because they feel like that, that egotistical energy of anger serves them. I don't care. This person, and then it's like, it's not even, it's not even just that. It's the expectation of said person that have committed this perceived wrong. You'll see people go, well, I don't care. I'll fuck that person until they apologize and fuck that person because they did that. And, uh, the thing we forget the most when we are like that is that we do things to others. And then when somebody uh, points that out, we try to rationalize the things that we do to other people because we don't want to fit in the same box as the person that we trying to persecute and we should forgive. Because we forget that we should be, we are also in need of forgiveness ourselves at all times. At all times because we do things knowingly and unknowingly that could be perceived as offensive, hurtful. Even if that wasn't our intention, we do it. So we all have something that we need our desire to be forgiven for. So that's why it should be easy for all of us 
to forgive. So if you have a grudge or if you have a gripe with someone, please forgive them and let it go because you're blocking so many beautiful things, not only from yourself, but from those around you. Because you're carrying that bitter energy because that's what grudges do. They, they breed bitterness and bitterness radiates. It is easier to radiate negativity than it is positivity because we get angry without focus. We get angry without focus. So forgive. Um, also, hate and the successful are cousins. And I say this because there's not one successful person, whether it be black, white, man, woman, whatever. There's not one successful person in this galaxy that does not have haters. Every successful person has haters. Because it is easy for us to omit envy than it is for us to say congratulations because we compare others to ourselves. And we see their accomplishment as our punishment. We punish ourselves because of what other people do or what we perceive as successful for somebody else. And most of the time it's because we haven't defined within ourselves what it is that we consider successful. And we haven't done that because we're too busy looking at other people to be a blueprint or a vision of our success. And how could that be when it is your success that you are trying to uh, manifest? How can you look to another as a blueprint to your success? You should create your own vision. But that thought is being blocked out by all this insecure visions that are being created for us. There's a lot of vanity and there's a lot of uh, ego and there's a lot of uh, competition. And that's the funny part because most of the competition in today's society is invisible. It's self-created. It's made up. And the saddest part is that not only do we make it up, we attach ourselves to this imagining and we, we say that it's reality. And we allow it to, to run our lives. And to start conflict with other people. And to disturb our own reality. 
and to blind us from our own personal power and beauty because we can't see it because we are looking for other people's version of success in our reality so you have to you have to reflect upon what it is you want and first you have to find out who you are before you can get definite about what success is to you so that's why I think that uh, hate and successful are cousins because hate always follows success and uh, no matter who it is you can just Michael Jordan uh, Kobe Bryant LeBron James Barack Obama uh, Malcolm X uh, Martin Luther King uh <laughs> Serena Williams, anybody you you can think of, Michelle Obama, anybody you can think of that is a uh, success. They got somebody hating. Even on your level, even people at like your job, maybe you got a, a a high position at your job. You got haters, and it ain't even nothing that you're doing that make them hate you. There's something that they making up inside their self and they holding on to it and they allowing themselves to hate you for most likely some things that you haven't even done but that's what we do the number one war in life for us is ourself but we don't ever uh, end this war because we're being led away from ourselves in so many different ways, with so many different distractions, so many things that we are allowed to alter our focus. And that's why we have so much uh, chaos and, and mental illness and sadness and everybody's needy for attention through these websites and can't figure out what their... Uh, what their perception of a happy reality is because uh, we've been conditioned and broken to the point that we, where we all have low self-esteem and we all insecure because of some things that we ain't even really paying attention to. Michael Jordan is a billionaire from shoes. From shoes, from colorful fucking shoes they're all loud so people you know he's basically getting paid off people craving to be noticed for nothing just for walking down the street and he's made he's made a billion dollars off that so you know he's got haters plus he's black so you know he's got haters and that so that just leads you to know that um hate and success are cousins. Um also I wanna talk about 
uh, spiritual promotion. Don't deny yourself spiritual promotion, especially if this is really for like people who meditate and people who uh, who have some type of spiritual grounding, uh, and, and they can feel them their spirit ascending, and uh, they can uh, feel another level of consciousness being reached. Um, don't deny yourself spiritual promotion because uh, we live in an infinite universe that is all connected. So in order to manifest, a lot of the times crazy things will happen in your reality that you would not understand. Like maybe you'll get tired of eating the same food or watching the same TV shows or even seeing the same people and going to the same places. That could be your higher self calling you to another frequency. There could be other things, new people, new places, new things that your spirit wants to experience for the creator so that, you know, you, it can get a full, a full experience of what it created through you. So it may call you to let go of some of your old life so that you can become a new being and uh, experience a new reality one that is probably best for you and it's probably it is going to be best for you because the universe is always working for our good and uh, we just have to trust it and obey it surrender the ego but that is one of the hardest things for us to grasp and uh, not only understand but uh, take action upon but if you are in a crossroads and you feel like uh, you have a lot of questions about your current reality and a lot of things that you do or a lot of things you say a lot of people you hang out with or even a lot of the thoughts you have maybe that's you being called to a uh, a higher frequency and a higher level of consciousness and probably opening a gateway or a door to uh, a spiritual connection so that you can uh, experience the you that you're supposed to be from the first day that you are walked this earth. But my point is like, don't deny yourself spiritual promotion because of comfort. Because that's what keeps a lot of us in the same place is that we get comfortable. We, we like the places we hang out. We love the people we know. And we, we, we love the habits we, we uh, attach ourselves to. And sometimes we just get stuck in a loop and we don't even know it because we... Uh, delude ourselves by saying oh man I'm having fun I'm doing me I'm living my life but pay attention to how you feel on the inside are you happy are you in pain and you're masking it with this so-called fun because that's what I was doing with alcohol a lot of the time was masking deep emotional pain that I didn't want to uh, express because I felt like it wasn't manly for me to be crying and hurting all in in a public setting. So I would pretend that 
you know, I loved being plastered all the time. And uh, <laughs> it was really just a, a mask for me feeling like hell. So don't deny yourself spiritual promotion because of comforts. Because comfort leads to slothfulness and slothfulness leads to idleness and idleness leads to death. (laughs) And uh, you don't want to die young because you're comfortable. Because that's what a lot of uh, these rich people, a lot of these rich people are doing all these evil things. It's because they're comfortable with their life. And, and, and they're addicted to uh, money. Because they have so much of it that they don't know what to do. But that's what happens when you hoard the gifts of the creator. Because the energy of money is for all of us. It's not meant for a, a select few people. It's meant for all of us. And that's why they don't teach us how to uh, attract money. They teach us how to create money, but not for us. They teach us how to create money for them. And then they give you a small piece. And you think, you know, you because other people in your life ain't doing that menial job for that small piece that you uh, live in a life. Whatever you making, working for somebody else, is probably not worth, you know, not as much as you work, you worth if you were working by yourself. If I, that made any sense, that was all twisted up. <laughs> if, if you're working for somebody else, you're probably not getting paid as much as you could be getting paid if you were working for yourself. And most people don't want to work for themselves because they're afraid that they won't have necessity. And, and that's not true if you have faith. It's all in how you believe and what you think. If you think that you're going to be okay and that you're going to be supported and that you have the creator on your side, then you will be supported and you won't have any worries, even if your biggest worry is money. But the reason why most of us don't have money is because we worry about money and we use the wrong terminology like broke. Don't say you broke. Say you waiting for payment. Because money is always circulating. Money is always around. Money will only appear if you talk positively about money. We use negative language about everything. Especially uh, men and women in the relationship uh, field of things. We always talking bad about each other. Men always saying women ain't this. And women always saying men ain't this. And in turn, it manifests that into our realities as men and women. Because we don't pay attention to the, the things that we think and the things that we say. They lead to what we do. And uh, we live too free. 
It's like, fuck everything that has structure, fuck morals. Everything is a party. And uh, we don't have any focus. And everything's all wild, and that's why we have all this craziness. Because we don't have a focus, and if we don't have a focus, then we're not uh, being grateful to our creator. And if we're not being grateful to our creator, then we're off on the wrong path. And that's like the main purpose of this podcast is to talk about spirituality and like comedy and uh, just life in general. So I had a pretty productive week in comedy this week. I, I didn't do anything on Monday. I went to uh, I went to Timphy Tavern on Tuesday, and I uh, I had a good set. Uh, my closer was really strong. I I like it because uh, for one, it's clean, and uh, I I uh, shared it on my Facebook story, and it got a lot of uh, reacts and stuff. So I think it's a pretty good joke. Um, Wednesday, I was at El Charo. I had a okay set. I did a, I did a joke I, I normally do. I I just was mad because I misjudged how long the joke was. I thought the joke was three minutes and the joke was actually like five minutes. <laughs> so I ended up eating my whole set, and I didn't get to try that closer from Tuesday on Wednesday. But that brings me to my next and last point. When you uh, have a new joke and it worked for you the first time you tell it, tell it again. Because it could just be the luck of that audience. It could be that particular audience that liked that joke. So you want to tell it again to see if it worked on a different audience. Because uh, a lot of young comics make the mistake of They'll they'll write a joke and they'll get a pop, especially if they get like a applause break or something. It'll go to their head and then they'll just be like, I can write a whole new five minutes now. And then they go back to bombing because, you know, they, they got ahead of themselves because of that one audience loved that one joke. So... When you tell when you tell a joke and it works the first time, tell it again. Even if it don't work the first time, tell it again. Especially if it don't work the first time, because it could just be that audience. It could just be that audience. Yeah. So um, had some boxing yesterday. Um, Caleb Plant uh, won. A uh, dominating 12-round fight over Caleb Truax. And that was the first fight in the history of boxing between two dudes named Caleb. And I think one dude was uh, mixed. (laughs) Truax was mixed. And Caleb uh, Plant is white. Um, I think that he should fight Canelo Alvarez. Now that he... Got past Truax, I think he should be 
ready to unify with Canelo Alvarez, who moved up and is already dominating uh, that division. He has two of the belts, but one of the belts he won due to David Benavidez uh, not being able to make weight. I think this is uh, the, 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 the middleweight division I'm talking about. I'm not sure. I have to do some research on that, but I think that they should get together. Caleb Plant and Canelo Alvarez should get together, unify those belts, uh, because they're both terrific fighters. I think that he, Caleb Plant has a good chance against Canelo Alvarez because he has fast hands and pretty good defense, and he's a, a student of the game. Not saying that Canelo isn't. Canelo's just been at the top for a while, so I think that he's due to get taken out, and I think that Caleb Plant could do it. And I know a lot of people may not agree with me because they love old Saul because I think I still think that Triple G is better than Canelo Alvarez. Uh, I think that he he just a better fighter than Canelo Alvarez. I love Canelo Alvarez. Nothing against Canelo Alvarez, but I don't think he's better than Triple G. So, the um I think they should get together. Uh Canelo and Caleb Plant should get together sometime soon. Unify those belts and let's see who is the baddest man at that uh 140 pound division. Um the Lakers barely beat the Celtics 96-95 yesterday. Uh, I'm starting to get pissed off at Anthony Davis because he's very inconsistent and sometimes he takes plays off. And I know that it's hard being uh, a 30-point scorer every night, but sometimes he just flat, flat out leaves Le- LeBron hanging and uh, LeBron has to do most of the work. I'm starting to change uh, my perception of LeBron James. I used to not like to do so much, but now I don't think he's that bad. I still don't like him as a player, but you know, he's uh, not as bad as, as I was making him out, but maybe that's just because he's getting older and he's not able to do some of the stuff that he used to do back in his uh, first stint with the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, so that was uh, crazy. Jason Tatum is a beast, and uh, Jalen Brown is a beast too. They just need a big man because Daniel Tice is, is not going to do it for them. If they, if they want to be a playoff contender, the Celtics, they need a big man. They should have went after like Dwight Howard or something. But, uh, yeah, Super Bowl is this Sunday. That should be a dandy of a game. I am picking the Chiefs to win uh, 55 to 10 is the outrageous score that I am putting on that game. Uh, This week I'll be at Devil's Advocate probably tomorrow night. Uh, I'm at House of Comedy, Rick Bronson's House of Comedy. For Triple Threat Tuesday on Tuesday, uh, El Charo on Wednesday, 
and uh, maybe Adventure Stills on Thursday. And that was, I did that last Thursday too. That was ran by uh, Peter Jordan and Adriana Garland. That's at Fresh Horse Radish on Instagram. And I'm not sure what Adri on us Instagram is. But uh, I did that. It's a distillery. And it's like uh, trying to do stand-up with a slight concussion. Because your head is hurting from the films of distilled alcohol. But it was a great time. I had a fun time. I had a good set. Uh, it was a attentive audience. So um, if you need a place to do and you're not going to Improv Mania... On Thursdays, you can uh, hit up Adventures Stills. And uh, I'll be at JP's Comedy Club February 14th, Valentine's Day, um, with Michael Cordoza and a couple other friends. We'll be doing a show there. Um, follow me on Instagram, GM3Comedy, for more details on that. Um... This has been episode 15 of Comic Chat. I'm your host, Glenda McGee. Um, You can find this podcast on Spotify, Pocket Cast, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, and Breaker, as well as Anchor right here. Uh, thank you to everyone who listens to Comic Chat. Tell your friends uh, about Comic Chat. Uh, subscribe to the Comic Chat channel here on Anchor or Spotify or wherever you listen to this podcast. Um, enjoy your week. Spread love, man. <laughs>